Are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data? Look no further than Midwest Data Depot, your local secure offsite backup storage solution. Visit MidwestDataDepot.com. And Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. It is the click clack of the keyboard with Brian Driscoll from IrishBreakdown.com. What are you working on right now? You got anything good? I just You're had cooking to, up? I had, no, no. Just had to quickly uh, get something on, put on the message board here oh, before okay. we get started. My sincerest apologies. No, that's okay. The work I, never ends. I like the Nat sound, you know, people working in the background and all that. <laughs> kind of stuff that's that's no problem at all we're going to talk um blue gold game here in a minute i wanted to get your thoughts first we haven't had a chance to talk about this uh had you on monday and i think it was around that time monday or tuesday that uh brady quinn's nil initiative um was kind of announced i guess they launched the website this week and all that kind of stuff it is it's connected the, the, the money part of this is connected to current players um, and, like, charity, you know, kind of work that, that mm-hmm. they do. So I, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on all this. What, what, what do you think of it? I, I really like it. I think, first of all, I mean, if we're just going to talk big picture, I love the fact that, that, that people at Notre Dame, former players, and, and you know, some big kind of – you know, heavy swingers in the business world like Tom Mendoza are actually saying, hey, look, Notre Dame can't just sit back and do nothing. Yeah. We can't just sit back and do nothing if we, if, you know, if we're one, allow Notre Dame to be competitive in this new era of NIL. And, you know, look, Brady had said, you know, they started working on this in January. And part of the reason why is because they wanted to make sure that they were staying in line with the mission of Notre Dame and make sure that they f- were following the rules of the NCAA set forth, which, you know, a lot of other schools aren't doing, but Notre Dame is Notre Dame people will all, will almost always do that. Hopefully always do that. You know, and, and the other thing is I, I thought the missional aspect of it is something I really liked because what I don't like this NIL stuff where you're just handing guys paychecks basically, yeah. and they don't really have a lot to do is, is not in, within the spirit of what NIL is supposed to be about. NIL is, if you know WSBT says, hey, you know, so and so player, will you do a spot for us? You know, before the game, you know, we'll pay you X number of dollars. You got to come in and record this, and we'll use it. That's that's a we're going to use your name, image, and likeness to promote our brand, and you are going to receive compensation for it. That's right. how it's supposed to be, and and it's not being that. It's just hey, we're going to hear here's this amount of money to to come play here. And it's not supposed to be that. Notre Dame is not going to do that. And so what I liked about it is, and Brady made this very clear when, when I interviewed him about it, he said, this isn't where a kid just comes, shows up at a place, shakes a couple hands and and, and leaves and, and he gets money. Like this is meant to, you're going to engage, you're going to, you know, you're going to be a part of this. It's really trying to give back to the community. And it's really a twofold aspect that a lot maybe we aren't talking about enough is obviously the players are going to benefit because they're going to get paid for this. But like right now, Blake Fisher, Sean, as you know, and Logan Diggs are doing a lot in the community and mm-hmm. doing a lot to raise money and things like that already before this NIL stuff came along. But it's just their time and the awareness that they're really helping these these organizations, which is important, right? Well, now they're going to be able to help with awareness and their time with these young kids. But now they're bringing basically kind of, you know, I'm, I'm using this not directly, but like they're bringing paychecks with them, so to speak now, to hand to these people, theory, you know, figuratively speaking, because it's not just where they're getting money, 
the it part of the money is also going to whatever charity that they're working with, whatever sure. organization they're working with, which I think is great, and I think is definitely within the spirit of what Notre Dame's doing or wants to do. And for a lot of these kids, they're already doing that work. Now it just means when this starts, they're going to start getting paid for it, and I think that's huge. Right, and I mean, no doubt about it, I think it's good, and, and Notre Dame needed to take some steps to do something, and it's great that someone like Brady Quinn and, as you said, Tom Mendoza and some of these others stepped up and got this kicked off. But the other side of it, kind of some things that you've touched on, you know, like I, I think it was like the day after this came up, John Daly's son got an NIL with Hooters, you know, and he's a golf, mm-hmm. he's a golfer mm-hmm. at Arkansas, you know, and, and he's not going to have to go out and do any, you know, charity work, any of that kind of stuff, you mm-hmm. know? So, and that, and again, just, just what you said before does, does Notre Dame, need to can they you know still need to find other avenues on top of of this this is a good start but do they well, still they, need to they do already more? have i think that's the thing is like it's not like notre dame players last year haven't been making any money true they have and i mean i know for a fact that several well not like, a fact but like this inside is the garage like, that, podcast and, yeah well not just that but like well, one of Fosky has a example. clothing line right i know that the adam has had a couple big deals i was told recently that one of the star players on offense recently signed a got a forty thousand dollar signing bonus to work with a company for you know to do some spots and some different things like that so these players have been getting individual deals what this does is this is just another avenue and you know if i'm a, a wealthy donor and I say hey look i i believe in what blake fisher's doing and here's this x amount of dollars that i want to give towards him and the charity and i want the, all to go to him i can do that which you know i wouldn't because i don't have the money nor would it be ethical for me to do that in my position but you get the point that yeah. i'm making so there are things going on like that that are already happening that players are getting made, you know, making money for. There's players who have signed with a, a, a company that they sign, I think it's a company, but like they sign, you know, get a bunch of Blake Fisher jerseys. Blake Fisher and Gabriel Rubio and Prince Collier are doing this this weekend where they're signing a bunch of jerseys and they, you know, those jerseys get sold and I believe the players get a cut of that. So there's all those things that are happening and that's what Notre Dame players are already doing. The offensive linemen got deals with Mission Barbecue and a couple other places right. last year. Notre Dame's linemen made some money last year. Right. You know, so that's what the John, that's what the Hooters deal with John Daly's kid is. And that's okay because if, you know, if you're going to promote our product on social media and you know maybe you're in a, a a television ad or you tweet something out, you know, that that people view that as advertising. That's doing something for the money, whether it's commensurate with the money they're getting is a different conversation, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. So that stuff is happening. And I do know this too, Sean, right? I've had sev- several conversations with some people that I know that are some movers and shakers in Notre Dame. And it's not going to end with Brady Quinn's thing. This is just, this is going to be like, this is their niche. Yeah. And I guess there that's what others, I meant, you know, like more like a right. collective, you know, correct. Kind of, kind of and, and I don't know if it's going to be collective so much because those have some, there are some limitations with a collective and they did have the, the thing with Mick Asif, Mac Asif. Uh, but there are some other former players that I've been told are working on other things that are going to go in different directions. Uh, but you know, when it's being driven by former Notre Dame players, you can bet that there's going to be something, some sort of missional aspect to it, not just finding ways to hand kids money. I don't really think that's something you're going to see a lot of from, from these companies that, that, that come up with that, that are Notre Dame player ran. They're going to, they're going to be more towards, yes, we want to help you get money, but we also want to encourage you and build you up and help you understand branding and things along those lines. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I think that's important. And, and yes, it's good to get money, but kids that pick Notre Dame tend to pick Notre Dame because they understand that there's more to it than just football. And I think those kids kind of understand that, yeah, hey, look, you have to go do this to get this money, but this is going to be good for you. And here's why, because you're not just, you know, you're making this money to go speak at the, you know, the, the food bank in South Bend, but think of the branding that you're doing and the advertising you're giving yourself when people say, wow, this kid's really doing this and this and this, let's partner with him. So some other company sees how active Blake Fisher is in the community and sees this and say, we need to get that kid on our, with our product. Sure. And, and, and it goes that way as well. All right, let's talk blue gold. No Tyler Buckner, uh, more Drew Pine we're going to see. What do you need to see from Pine tomorrow? I need to see him be make good decisions. I think it's a big thing. Some things we've heard about the spring is you know he's you know, kind of been pressing a little bit and trying to force too many things and turning the ball over more than he should, which you know I, I have a feeling Drew Pine's just one of those kids that he, he's just a gamer, you know, and, and we're going to find out Saturday a little bit about if I'm right about that, but – he needs to also, the one big thing is, yeah, I know he's accurate and he's a smart kid and he's going to make decisions, but if Drew Pine's ever the starting quarterback, teams are basically going to say, we're going to come up, we're going to take away the quick game, we're going to take away intermediate stuff, and we're going to make you beat us down the field with your arm because we don't think you can do it. That's one thing I really want to see from Drew. Can he make some of those tougher downfield throws? Can he hit that 25-yard seam route on a, on a line right over the linebacker? Can he bang a 25-yard in cut? you know, in between a linebacker and safety? Can he take that post route over the top? Can he beat, bang that, you know, that outside go route and drop it over a guy's outside shoulder? Can he make those throws? Those are the things that I have the biggest questions about with Drew Pine. And if he can make some of those throws, then I think that's going to allow him to kind of put himself on a position where, hey, if Tyler slips up again or if he gets hurt again or whatever the case may be, he would have then have a legitimate shot to maybe go win that job. Because right now, from all the different people I've talked to prior to this injury, it wasn't really close. Tyler had had been the, the better quarterback all spring. I think this is clearly an opportunity for Drew to kind of say, hey, look, not so fast. I'm not done yet. Yeah. I still have a couple things I, I'm ready to show you. Which Jaden are we most likely to be talking about Monday? Jaden Thomas, Jaden Mickey? Jaden Mickey, I think so. I just uh, just because – I mean, I, I had mean, a feeling that would about, be the answer. But. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've just heard more about him this spring. I think that's a position where there's – a greater need for somebody to kind of step up. I mean, if Jaden Thomas doesn't really break out this year, and he may very well do so, they're still going to be okay. They've got Joe Wilkins coming back. They've got Avery Davis coming back. They've got Styles and Colsey and, and um, uh, Braden Lindsay, and then Tobias Merriweather shows up. They have great tight ends. They really need some of these young guys to emerge a corner. And, and so, and from what we've heard about Jaden Mick, he's had a great spring talks a lot i mean he's the, the <laughs> most trash talking corner they had since kavari russell i mean you want that's, you that's, you want a corner with you, some you, confidence you and some swagger right i mean well i think i think what i had looked up sean is notre dame went like 31 and 6 or something like that during kavari whenever in games kavari russell played hmm. 31 and 5 something like that so i mean if if he can mimic kavari russell's career i, th- I think that's pretty good right yeah. that's that's a pretty decent tenure Take that. But I, I just think he's the right now the better player, the guy at the more important position, and, and I think we're going to talk about him more because he's going to make himself be talked about with his play and then also how much he talks because <laughs> he likes to talk. I'm, I'm still, and again, we haven't had a chance to talk since the draft Wednesday, the, the, the team draft. Chris Tyree was the fourth running back mm-hmm. drafted. So am I reading too much into that, the fact that he was the fourth running back drafted in that draft? He was the fourth running back drafted because he's still questionable. 
They're not okay. sure if he's even going to be able to play. Okay. And, they, and they knew that. There was a couple, like Tyson Ford was picked low because of, I'm, I'm told, because of similar situation. Like, they're, they they were told who's questionable. Like, I guess before they said, here, who's out? And they were a list of guys that were questionable. And, and those guys tended to get picked lower um, in, in the in the draft ranking. So my understanding is that's the reason that Chris Tyree was taken last. Uh, if Chris Tyree was healthy, I'm pretty sure he would have gone. Yeah, a little bit higher than that. That's, that. That makes sense. I, I had not mm-hmm. heard that, so thanks for clarifying that. Uh, so Chris Tyree, a little dinged up. So that that kind of mm-hmm. that that kind of eases my mind a little bit. I mean, but still, yeah. I mean, we're gonna see we're gonna see some good running backs yeah. out there. And you know, last year was more about you know Cone and Pine. I think they wanted them throwing more. Do you think we probably see the running backs a little bit more active in this game compared to the the one last year? I would imagine so. I think this is a this is a sort of a identity type of identity establishing type of game, right? And we're talking offensive line now. Yeah, I think Harry (laughs) Heastan is just trying to. Hey, look, we need to be better here, and I think Tom Reese understands we need to be better here. They don't have Tyler Buckner. They're down a bunch of receivers. I don't know if you want to be out there just chucking the ball all around. In that regard, I think they need to show something. Hey, we need to we need to be able to to do this really well, and this is a chance for us to do that against a pretty good defensive line, right? And so I think it's more about that. I I just I mean I think we'll see some balance, and I, I don't think Tom Reese is going to be a guy that's going to go out there and you know have a seven to seven to seven out of ten run to pass ratio, you know seven to three run to pass ratio. Yeah. But I think establishing the ground game and and kind of getting over just the the lack of toughness that maybe we and physicality we saw last year is something that's very important to the coaching staff. And I think this is an opportunity to kind of put them out there and on an island in front of people and fans and all that and say, okay, now let's let's show what let's show everybody what you got. I mean, beyond he stand, I guess, is there anything anything maybe you think we might learn about the coaching staff from anything we see tomorrow? Yeah, I'm really curious to see. Look, no, no matter if if Marcus Freeman handed out Golden the playbook that said, you know, the Marcus Freeman playbook, uh-huh. right? Let's say that was a real thing, and he handed it to him and said, "Run this." <laughs> the reality is, is you're still going to see different wrinkles, and it's going to look different because even with the same playbook, two people with different personalities and likes and dislikes and preferences gonna are going to execute things. that same playbook differently. Yeah. You know, so like Marcus Freeman had zone and man in his defense, just like Al Golden. Will, will he be more of a man guy? Will he be more of a zone guy? They have the same blitz packages. Will they? Which one do they like, though? I mean, there's always unique aspects. So we're going to start to see a little bit of Al Golden's DNA uh, on this defense. And I'm curious to see what it's going to look like. Is it going to be more four down? Is it going to be a mix between three and four? Uh, going to be more man, more zone? And none of that's going to tell us definitively what they're going to do in the fall. But it's at least a little glimpse into, okay, what does an Al Golden defense look like? Because I haven't seen one of these since 2005. So yeah. I'm curious to Very see what true. this one looks like. Very true. <laughs> well, and you've been talking for a while now about what an important month April is for recruiting as well. Tons of recruits coming oh, yeah. in this weekend. Do you think that you know maybe we see some commitments in the near future after this weekend? Well, I feel I feel pretty comfortable that there's going to be at least one public commitment this weekend, okay. and and we'll find that out. I think if if there are other like we were talking about this today in our show, like you know, hey, could this visit 
result in so-and-so committing. And I'm like, maybe, but it won't be public, right? Like if a, if a kid like, and I'm just throwing out names of guys that like Notre Dame a lot of Monroe Freeling and Austin Saraveld, a couple offensive linemen, you know, players like that, if they come and they're like, man, this is just the place for me. They're most likely going to, if they were to commit, it would be silent because they want to go home and talk about their parents. They may still have visits. They want to take things like that. So uh-huh. I don't really count those as commitments, you know, really, because if you're not ready to stop being recruited and take visits, I mean, your commitment is only so, you know, so firm in my opinion, especially if it's a silent commitment. So I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that. I do think they'll get at least one commitment this weekend. That'll be public. And it's going to be a good one and I'm excited about it. And then I do believe there's a, there's a good chance that they could get another one by Monday, which I'm sure you and I'll talk about Monday evening when we talk around this. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Brian Driscoll, irishbreakdown.com. What else is going on heading into Blue Gold Weekend? I mean, you really named it. It's just recruiting. I mean, it's <laughs> recruiting. It's it's what is this team going to be? I just think because we've had so little access to the team this spring that a lot of even the you know media people, it's always like, hey, what what does this team really look like? You know, what kind of attitude are they going to play with and those type of things? So we, we ask a lot of those questions on our site. And, of course, there's tons of recruiting update dates and lots of kids – uh, that are going to be on campus, and you're definitely going to stay tuned to IrishBreakdown.com because any news that is out there, I just got done writing a, a writing writing. <laughs> I just got done writing a story about a recruit that I think is going to be no no going to be kind of newsworthy some point in time tomorrow. So you're going to want to stay locked in. Okay, that. all right, sounds good. Good tease. Thanks, Brian. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. Same to you. He was just a writing. Hey. English vent words over here, Sean. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We all we all don't talk so good. <laughs> so it's been it's been one of those weeks, man. It's that's been right. one of those weeks. It happens. Thanks, what can you do? Thanks for having me on. Okay, Sean. take care. Jim Arizari is going to join us next. That's Brian Driscoll, IrishBreakdown.com. Jim's got five sports wagers for your weekend coming up next on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data? Look no further than Midwest Data Depot, your local off-site backup storage solution. Contact us today. Call 574-855-8588.